What's up, After Buzzers? We're here breaking down episode two of FX Trust. We're talking kidnapping reactions to this kidnapping. And is this kidnapping even real? And we also have predictions, facts versus fiction. Stay tuned. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, After Buzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. It's where I have my money. Oh my. <laughs> Damn. What an episode. It was it was good. I'm like so impressed with this because we're so used to movies and film and cinema being mm-hmm. like this, but now it's the golden age of television. It really, really so is. So much great content. Well, I cannot wait to break it down and talk about it. Uh, we're so happy to be back for episode two. Thank you for joining us again. My name is Juliet and I have Mina to my right. Welcome, hey welcome. Uh, we're down a host tonight, but we're... So they're going to come in strong. Uh, they're coming in next week. And so shout out to Monique uh, Loveless. Go follow her on Instagram. Anyways, let's talk about fat. Let's talk about uh, your overall thoughts of this episode. We're second episode in. So, mm-hmm. you know, with the first episode, you have to introduce so much you know, as a pilot. Uh, and now we're kind of getting in the meat of things. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I think it's great. And I think there's still a lot of introductions going on and a lot of great characters. It was so great seeing Hillary Swank after like her crazy mm-hmm. long hiatus and even Brendan Fraser, right? Uh, post George in the Jungle. I know um, it's George, crazy. It's George what you were mentioning jungle, about yeah. the yeah golden age of television. It's uh, you we years ago it used to be that actors you know are either TV actors or film actors, and if mm-hmm. you once you've made it to TV, that was it. You were you you were good. Um, so, and now it's, you see these actors who are on TV shows because content is so great. You have these amazing scripts, amazing stories that need to be told. And also as an actor, you kind of just want to go to set, do a TV show is a little easier in a way as a schedule than a movie where you're there for so many, I mean, it's just, it's just, they break it down in a different way. So that's the appeal of that all. Um, but yeah, let's get right into it. Uh, you mentioned, um... Oh, who's the actor that plays Ch- uh, Chase Fletcher's uh, uh, character? Brendan Fraser. Brendan Fraser. From George of the Jungle and a lot of other great gems from right. the 90s. Um, yeah. We saw him a little bit in the first episode, and he was very, it was really quick, and it was very serious. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of excited to see more of him, and he he really drove this whole episode. He was in like 90% of it. Yeah. Um, we saw him break camera and talk directly to camera, break the fourth wall. I love that. Yeah. What were, you, were you expecting that? I think... No, I wasn't. I wasn't expecting the show to be like that stylistically, but I Mm -hmm. love that breaking of the fourth wall because what it did was it allowed for a narrator to come in and kind of describe events, but from his point of view, not necessarily an all-knowing narrator, but from a limited, omniscient perspective. Mm -hmm. So the cool thing about him is that he introduces you to all these characters that you really need to know, Mm -hmm. even though they seem like they're minor. I have a, a feeling that they're going to be really influential in terms of finding... Uh, John Paul Getty III, and um, it it kind of felt reminiscent of Slumdog Millionaire, which was also directed by Danny Boyle. Danny Boyle directed the first three episodes of Trust, and his style is kind of like, in terms of Slumdog Millionaire, kind of like backtracking and going to different people and showing how minor people in Slumdog Millionaire all contributed to the protagonist winning the million dollars at the end, Mm -hmm. because you think these people are not important but they all have a role in this person's right. life. Right. It's little nuggets here and there and you and that what's what's what happens is that it kind of all goes full circle as you're saying. Mm-hmm. You're like, "Oh, this doesn't seem important, but actually it really is." Yeah. Um breaking the fourth wall. I don't know how I felt about it to be honest with you. I think it was important for the narrative cuz he did give us so much when he was saying that, especially uh, context-wise, just 
explaining how important, you know, where, where the world, where the states was at that time, where the world was at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really important to give context and just how big this kidnapping story was. Mm-hmm. Um, this was the, you know, 1973 was kind of remembered as the year where this happened. Mm-hmm. Um, so and it's interesting how, yeah, they're naming all these important events, like right? JFK getting assassinated in 1963. Right. You know, Buzz Aldrin mm-hmm. being this technically the second man <laughs> to walk on the moon sucks for him that Neil Armstrong did it first right. but the second man to walk on the moon mm-hmm. in 1969 then you have 1973 which is the year of transition mm-hmm. so like after the 60s but before the 70s disco right. era as he described it and it's funny that he's like describing all these important key events historically and then he's like oh but it's also super important because it's when John Paul Getty the third was kidnapped. He's right. blending at the same level of significance as all these major milestones in American history. Mm-hmm. So I Which love it was. how that was done. It really was. I mean, uh, in every newspaper, everyone talked about it all the time. And it was also a scary thought because um, just with mainstream media now, back then it was just completely different, right? Mm-hmm. So it just, it was a, a story we hadn't heard of before. Um, so I was really excited to see how everyone reacted to this. Mm-hmm. We are introduced to uh, Gail, uh, Getty, Getty the second, the third, sorry, Getty the third's mother, mm-hmm. and poor her. She's with her family, coming back from camping, uh, and all these paparazzi's are near her, mm-hmm. and that's how she finds out. Like, can you imagine? That's how you found out. That would be so devastating to be not the person in on it, and mm-hmm. you're finding out as the whole world has already found out. Right. It almost feels like the Truman Show in a weird way. Like, everyone is observing this mm-hmm. thing about your life, and you don't really know what's going on. Yeah. Yeah, and I think it just it's so crazy to be under that spotlight like that. And mm-hmm. and also, paparazzi's always shout stuff to get a reaction, so she's probably... she's You can see she's very flustered, and you don't really... She doesn't know how to take it. Mm-hmm. Um, but right away, she uh, calls Paul, her former husband. They, they're divorced by this time. Um, it's kind of unclear what they're, how much they were talking or not, but right. they weren't on great terms. But right. uh, no matter if you're on great terms or not, you're picking up the phone <laughs> to figure this all out. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was your thought about his reaction of this kidnapping, which is like yeah. a big deal? You know, I was a little confused at first because I was trying to pinpoint... Um, is he genuinely concerned and shocked, mm-hmm. or is he trying to be the next in, like, in line for, for getting oil? Yeah, that's what was going through my head. Is he like, yes, he's out of the picture, or are his paternal instincts kicking in where he's like, oh my god, what's going on with my right. son? Like, I couldn't figure out which way it was going. It was really hard for me to read his intentions, but I think as the story progresses, we kind of see when he's at the bar, mm-hmm. he's almost, like, in denial and shock of what's happening, and he's kind of, in a sense, playing victim. Like, oh, right. you know, all of us had to be named after Getty, and this happened, and my son was this. Like, it felt very, um, you know, self-pitying. It did. Even though he's not the one who's the victim here. But it, yeah, it's it was interesting to see him react to that because, as you're saying, it was two sided. He seemed stressed about the whole situation, but you didn't know what the intention was, right? But, like what was motivation motivating the stress? Um, he clearly didn't want Gail to call Getty because mm-hmm. that m- just makes things worse in, in his mind. Yeah, he doesn't think Getty's going to help out, and he thinks it's going to tarnish his reputation that he has a son who's put him in this predicament. Right. Um, so I thought that was just really crazy (laughs) to sum it all up but I mean you I think you actually finally see the paternal instincts kicking in a little bit Mm -hmm. when he goes to his father's house and he drives past security doesn't care at all shows up and says 
this is what's happened. But you so quickly see his father turning it around against him and saying, well, if you hadn't shown me that magazine, Mm -hmm. then I wouldn't have withheld money. And if I never withheld money, he would have been able to pay off the debt. And if he was able to pay off the debt then he would have never been kidnapped in the first place. And it's just, like, all these series of events where it's like, well, that's not how life works. Like, everything is a series of, like, little incidents. If one thing was tweaked, it could affect everything. But that's not to put the blame on the son. It was so crazy. It showed a lot about Getty's character um, because, yeah, the fact that he that he was able to say that, like, his poor mm-hmm. grandson is kidnapped. Right. His father's probably freaking out. We don't really know, again, his attentions. But yet you're bl- putting the blame on him. It... It kind of goes mm-hmm. back to what we've been saying, or what people, these characters have been saying, that he was not the nicest, not the nicest person to, to have the around, Mr. Getty. The understatement of the year. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Is, um, there, is there anyone to blame, though, in this scenario? Do you think that there should be blame placed on anyone for this incident happening? Or do you think it's kind of like an unfortunate circumstance that happened because of the way everything played out? Is I think I, de- I definitely think it's an un... Yeah. I think no one knows, and even we'll talk about this a little bit later in, uh, in our news section and our fact versus fa- uh, fiction section, is that there's no real answer. A lot of this is like he said, she said, so there's no, I don't know if I can answer that, because I, I don't, I generally don't know. I generally don't. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know someone who does know a few things or two? I have a feeling. You have a feeling? Maria Menounos, yes, our favorite, <laughs> the founder of AfterBuzz TV, and the reason we say she might have an inkling or know a lot more than we do is because she has this amazing new podcast. I'll get to that in just a second. But if you want to have fun, learn, and grow in all areas of your life, I highly recommend you check this podcast out. It's called Conversations with Maria Menounos, and it is amazing, you guys. Um, It actually drops every Friday on iTunes, and Conversations with Maria Menounos features celebrity and influencer interviews, along with secrets and tips on how to be better in all aspects of life. Not just finances for you Getty fans, Um, but you know, there's everything from health and wellness to career, relationships, and more. Let our Maria be the big sister you've always wanted. So just go to iTunes and subscribe to Conversations with Maria Menounos for free. Be sure to rate and comment, and when you do, let Maria know that it was Juliet and Mina and Monique (laughs) that sent you guys there. Uh, And yeah, Conversations with Maria Menounos, podcast edition. Check it out now. Right. So much great content to be seen. And as Mina mentioned, tell her we brought, she's our boss. So I want a gold star, please, guys. Yeah. I want her to be happy. And that was the best part about <laughs> elementary school was getting that gold star and like the little things. Like we need that validation. So yeah. please. So um, as we see, look, we've talked about how everybody's kind of reacting. And I think everyone's emotions are just going to be really heightened. And throughout, we're going to have to see this play out. Um, and right off the bat, uh, Gail, Getty's mom, is really concerned, rightfully so. And she doesn't even blink and think this is fake mm-hmm. uh, versus diff- versus her husband or boyfriend. It's kind of unclear about their relationship. I was trying to look that up. I didn't find much information. Mm-hmm. Um Anyways, he he seems to say, like, he's going to be back in a few days. And there's a lot of characters who kind of are assuming right off the bat, even the father, that this is all fake. And I think that's very telling because I think part of it has to do with the relationship between the son and everyone around Mm -hmm. him. But another part of it is, like, maternal instincts versus... You know the men in his life that just see this repeated pattern right. and assume drugs and yeah, you know. yeah. Like I mean, from a logical perspective, I I mean, if 
if I was only ruled by logic, I would assume the same thing. This is a repeated pattern. Why should I think any differently? But as a mother who has a high level of emotional investment in her own son, Mm -hmm. I would think, no, this isn't my son. This is really out of character. And even though he's done things that may be similar, he would never do something to this degree. There's no way. So it's really interesting to see kind of, you know, the different schools of thought between the mom, the dad, and then also the stepdad. Right. And then so uh, Chase Fletcher, we see him walking around all around Rome, um, interrogating a bunch of people. And he he doesn't go unseen. You see him with a big cowboy hat, that Mm -hmm. thick southern accent. um, And he also walks around with a load of cash. Mm -hmm. So that got me thinking. I'm like, okay, first off... um, Getty's obviously paying for you to fly out there and is paying for some for you to, for these services. You have a big wad of cash always on you. You have a suitcase of cash. Mm-hmm. So it kind of gave me more maybe not understanding, but I was like, listen, it seems that, at least in the movie All the Money in the World, it mm-hmm. seemed like Getty didn't want to drop a dime out of yeah. this. But those that, that doesn't seem to correlate. Yeah, that's what I thought was so weird, too, is that he's willing to have his head of security mm-hmm. do all these things and give him this much, much money mm-hmm. when, like, he's being, it's so weird because he's being portrayed as extremely frugal. Right. Uh, that's a nicer way of saying cheap because, let's face it, he's portrayed as being extremely cheap and stingy in this mm-hmm. show. But then he's willing to give his head of security literally all the money in the world to do. And he's giving him free reigns. He's not telling him how to spend it. He just wants the job done right. in whatever way possible. And the fact that this head of security is so honest and reliable to the point where he's not like just keeping this money for himself. He's just tossing it around right. is, is interesting. And it's also interesting how he's you see this motif of religion and Christianity with this main character in the show but it's like juxtaposed with bribery aggression Mm -hmm. um intimidation in a weird way like it just there's something that doesn't fit completely together with it and it's like this really interesting contrast with his character so i think he's definitely multifaceted and i'm interesting i'm interested to see like what else will unravel with chase's character yeah i think he i'm really starting to like this character a lot he has um and i I like seeing him negotiate as you're saying he's talking to the a uh, guy who owns the restaurant, and he's talking to a bunch of people, talking uh, to the butler. No, what was it? What, not a butler. The, like the hotel uh, uh, guy. The bellman. The bellman, yeah. thank you. <laughs> um, and he's just... It's funny because there's a moment in the episode where he it, he seems to think that this is going to be really easy, that he has this all figured out, right? Mm-hmm. And he, you even have Gail who's talking to her children like, oh, we're going to pick up Getty. And this is they think it's over really, really quickly because he thinks he's on to it. Right. Were you uh, shocked by that? Or did you think that, huh, why, like, were you shocked by the fact that they thought that this was going to get solved so quickly when we know that it didn't? <laughs> I mean... I think they come from the school of thought. Like, if we have money and resources, anything is possible. Right. But they don't realize that money doesn't get you everything. I know. And I think they're so used to having everything handed to them right away, especially with the grandfather just getting everything he wants, that he thinks, oh, as long as I have the resources, right. any like, I snap my fingers, I get everything on a silver platter. Mm-hmm. Things are a little bit more complicated and layered than that, and I think they're realizing it's much harder um, like, he's going to every single person in Rome and having difficulty figure, figuring that out. I wonder if there is any sort of language barrier that maybe wasn't addressed on the show. Maybe. I mean, that is a good point. But I think it's more than... I think it's more about, like you're saying, that, that they think that money's going to get everything. He's... Uh, 
Chase has gone through his investigation. He's found like the mob or the you know the mm-hmm. mafia, and he's like, okay, these are the people they must be involved in this. Gives them all the cash, and he thinks it's going to be like that. And mm-hmm. they're they're adamant on the fact that they don't want the money, and they have nothing to do with this. So what do they want? Like this is the what I don't understand. Like what could he do to more easily find Getty? Is it developing relationships with the people in the town as opposed to just buying answers immediately? Because he's looking for Mm -hmm. the most expedient way to find this kid. He's not looking for necessarily just finding the kid. He just wants... He's he's looking at what's the fastest way to get there. What's the shortcut? Mm-hmm. And that's why he's throwing around all this money. But I feel like that kind of diminishes its value when it's so readily handed out in a way. I think, I, I mean, yeah, I think that's a great point. And I think that because this is at the time, Getty is the mo- the richest man ever. Mm-hmm. He's, no one has been ever. He's the richest, right? Mm-hmm. So there's so much power that comes with that. He's known globally. He He's the richest man. So I think that. It's hard. It's not like, okay, we're going to get paid off. They're very nervous to get in trouble, that people are going to come after him because he's so highly connected, right? Right. That it's not an easy task. It's not like, okay, I stole this. This is a ransom. Give me the money and go. Mm -hmm. Um, As we'll discuss later also in in this episode is that, yeah, just the the negotiations that went on. In the episode here, they talk about how there's this little note uh, that was put under the bed. Right. And yet Chase says that most ransom notes or go to either the press or go um, directly to the cops. So what were your thoughts on that? Were you like, why is it under the bed? Why is it under the bed? Well, I was actually confused that they would say a ransom note would go to the police because that sounds really ridiculous to me. Like, I was surprised by that because I was like, who would send a ransom note to the police when Mm -hmm. it can be easily traced back to whichever group sent it? I think it almost makes more sense to have it the way it was done, Mm -hmm. but it's almost like the, the people who kidnapped... Uh, J. Paul Getty III weren't in any sort of rush. They just were like, well, whenever they find the note, they'll find it versus directly going to someone to get what they want. It felt very like... It'll happen if it'll happen. Yeah, like not planned out that well. Like, what are they going to do? Just like feed this boy and keep him under their wing and keep him alive until they get what they want. Like, it just was not well thought out at all. I didn't get that. It wasn't. And I I just, yeah, I thought with that, with that clue, I mean, at least Chase uh, took that information and and took the information of like no of the mob not wanting to give him any help when help him out and that they were saying that they're not involved he's like okay well what's actually going on and he's doing more research and he is going through books mm-hmm. uh, like handwritten journals that uh, Getty wrote and he was working on a movie right and in this movie there's a kidnapping scene yeah interesting I was like watching the trailer for this movie um, yeah that's, I, that's two things so Getty was working on a movie so he was scripting a movie out with yeah. an idea oh yeah yeah which was yeah. and then he, at the while he's doing research he's also seeing this movie which is called um, you have it. The, uh, living with my aunts. Yes. Um, and uh, so Maggie Smith from Harry Potter is the aunt. I was so <laughs> I've never knew what she looked like when she was younger. I was oh. a little surprised, but um, <laughs> yeah, I was I was reading the synopsis and kind of like trying to follow the flow of the movie, and it sounded somewhat similar in terms of you know the ransom, the note, and like getting involved with the wrong people, like just that theme of like a kidnapping and ransom. Right. So uh, like, what are the odds that the it's son, a lot. The yeah. son would be involved with all of this, like from a creative mindset, and then have it actually be imitated. I mean, they say life imitates art, but this is l- the literal translation of that phrase. It like, really life is. Really Again, imitates he, art. he is. He's watching this movie. He's 
writing about it, and then it happens, mm-hmm. and we know that he has so many debts that need to be paid. This is a known thing. He he went to England, told Getty this, um, and so it's kind of only. I mean, it's understandable that Chase comes to that conclusion, and he's like, "Okay, this he's involved, or this is it's a it's fake." Mm-hmm. So he tells uh, Getty, original Getty, this, and that's kind of where we leave it off for this episode with him. However, the mom she doesn't believe that she right. she she has that gut feeling that this cannot be true, and so she kind of starts doing her own investigation. So that's something I'm excited to see more of. Yeah, what do you think of that um, that scene with that statue who stalk who talks the human statue? It's almost like what are the odds she runs into the one person that would know something like that and be so willing to talk to her about it? Right. Like I just don't understand why someone would volunteer that level of information for some coins. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and I don't think he is going to go to the police. Oh, 100 percent. No. As soon as she asks him and she gives him uh, his she gives her ring and she's giving more and she's like, please go to the police. He turns to stone, mm-hmm. which I thought was so creepy. It was a really creepy scene. Um, but it was really also poetic in a way. Yeah. Because even her taking off the ring was poetic because it's kind of like I value my child more than I value my marriage, even though that's, like, the literal, like, I'm going to take off my ring and throw it in this bucket, and it's like, I don't want this, whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, It just felt like, it it literally foreshadowed her kicking out her boyfriend, husband, whatever his relationship is to her, out of her house. Um, And, yeah, him turning to Stone, the, the messenger, was kind of like, okay, this is all the information you'll get. It's almost like all of those fantasy movies where you have the protagonist going on a quest and they only get that little tidbit of information, then they have to go somewhere else to find the rest of the missing puzzle pieces. Right, exactly. That tidbit of information was just enough for her to just confirm that gut feeling that this is not... This is not something that's pre-planned by her yeah. son. This is something that there's, there's de- something that's really wrong, and we need to address this. So it was a catalyst. It, yeah, it was like a little push to like, no, you are on the right track, Gail. Right. Um, and so- I, I think the the cool thing is like now we're gonna see um, a female, a, like a female-driven character. Like we're gonna see like a strong female lead yeah, in this the, show. Right. When the whole time it's been getty, getty, weak getty, females getty. <laughs> around. The, around the grandfather, we finally have a female who's super strong and will stop at nothing to find her son, which is such a powerful storyline. Right. She even uh, goes as far to uh, kick out her her husband because she doesn't like the way he's reacting, that he's not taking this seriously. Were you surprised by that? Do you think she would hold on to him a little bit longer? Um, I think it's just because she's emotional and she feels like you're not on my side. Right. You're supposed to be close to me. The way he reacted to it by blaming it on the son, like, this is what he always does. He pushes us apart. I actually empathize with him because I'm sure, like, countless times in the past, that's what the son has done to get right. his way. I'm, sh- I'm sure of it. But what? A mother's going to side with her love versus her son and her blood? I can't imagine that. Right. And I think it, it's... Uh, it's a known fact that also Paul, so her fir- her first husband, wasn't really kind to her either. And I was like, come on, Gail. Like, you need to learn. Like, you haven't learned from this. But then I was really happy that she's, like, kicking him out or she's at least putting her foot down. So I'm like, okay, good for you, Gail. <laughs> yeah, but I feel like her first husband, like, the the excuse, Getty. not that this should be an excuse, is that he had a drug addiction and that made Alcohol. him not the best father, not the best spouse because he had his own issues that he was battling. Right. Versus I wonder, like, what more there is to her husband now because I feel like he, he was might drinking be a lot in this episode. He was drinking. He was pouring her drinks. Like, there's a lot of drinking involved. Yeah. 
There really is. There is. I mean, she deserves a drink, (laughs) to be honest, as well. Um, Before we head into news, I want to talk real quick about this little, this, like, super... Uh, this subplot that we had, it was really brief, uh, mm-hmm. and I thought it was interesting that in the midst of all this craziness, they showed Penelope, uh, the main Getty girlfriend, having an affair. The wife, yeah. The wife. Yeah. So first off, we see her flying this little, um, I guess it's a military small plane. Yeah. And she's just having the time of her and life and pretending around. to destroy the house and yeah. they're laughing about it. I'm like, what is wrong with this dynamic? It's like, just, just a like- video game and it's so funny. It was just a good contrast between, okay, here's all the craziness that's happening with this kidnapping and here's how they have all the money in the world and they're mm-hmm. just, it's a regular day and they're having, this is like the kind of fun they have. Uh, what do you think of that scene? It, wasn't it that like crazy? Just to see that, that- Fly away. Part of it is nice because it shows that this sounds so messed up, but it shows that the grandfather has like his main loyalty with this woman, and like I don't, I doubt that he's going to bring his other girlfriends and let them be the main pilot. You know, there's no way. But he kind of gives her the reins at times because he knows that she's strong. Mm -hmm. He assumes that she's loyal. I thought she was loyal until now. Um, but yeah, I don't think she he deserves her loyalty when he's doing this to her. The only difference is that he's transparent about it. If she were to be transparent, that would be it for her. Exactly. Just It really showed more about this dynamic where he's like open and has so many girlfriends and mm-hmm. he, he'll call out and he'll be, there'll be a dinner and he'll be like, oh, you, 20 minutes. You, yeah. like, calls out for just to... to have sex with it, it, it's so patriarchal but right. it's just it shows how it was in 1973 like this I don't is, know if it's a 1973 thing I think it's I a mean, Get, Paul Getty yeah. thing to but be also like you. I can't imagine that happening now I say that then I you do. have Hugh Hefner and the bunnies they have and, Hugh and, Hefner and yes, his like main bunny and then Candyman like all these like famous um just it's something that happens honestly That's so um, to me. when people get so powerful and they just think they can get away with anything and it's just that that's that's the dynamic at least that he's chosen right. but he is honest about it so i'm interested to see how this is going to all fold out because she does seem kind of really in love with this guy they're taking a bath they have a sweet moment mm-hmm. but it is clear that this needs to stay secret and she even tells him she's like okay who is he like i want to know I who know. this kid is like who too. is this person i do too how did she meet him if she's always with Getty and by his side every second. Like what? I don't think she's by Getty's side that much. She's at a breakfast with him with a bunch of other people. Yeah. Then he goes on to his business endeavors. We have not seen them together much. We've seen them with the tiger scene the last episode and that's pretty much it. Mm-hmm. And when they're together there's so many people around. Right. So since they don't have that one-on-one time he's not really focused on her so she can go and talk to other people. like Run around. Right, explore. yeah. Does that make you yeah. So huh. I wonder how no one else found out about it when there's so many people around him all the time. Like, how did she sneak off? I think without... no one wants to tell Getty this bad news. No one's going to take it upon themselves to be like, Getty, by the way, this is happening. Yeah. Everyone's staying far, far away from it. But no one, like, seems to want to tell Getty things that are important. Like, Bullimore in the beginning. Right. The butler, when he's like, yeah, I didn't tell Getty about, you know, the son owing the mafia money because he thought his butter was too hard and I wanted to make sure the butter was soft. And then the, the son goes, are you freaking kidding me right now? Like, are you serious? Like, what is wrong with you? Like, the, the set of priorities and how you have to cater to this man's, like, every women fancy and, yeah. instead of, like, you know... Like, know what the priority is. Are you joking? Like, I can't even handle that. I thought that was such a nice that. scene. That was so, like, that was so cheeky of him, but so real. Like, that is what's happening. Yeah. 
the butter's not to his liking. Yeah. And he tried to talk to him. And I just really liked how he was so honest and is like, this is what's going on. And this you, you know where... that Bullimore knows it's ridiculous. You know he knows that. But you know there's nothing he can do because he knows how gutty is. Like, so he's just kind of he's like. He's just doing his job. Yeah. That's nothing it. wrong with that. He's not interfering <laughs> at all. Um, I think we should. Is there anything you want to add before we head into our next segment? Um. I guess I'm just, like, kind of thinking about all the, the minor characters and, like, how you have uh, Marcello, who was, like, the artist, and he, how he, like, kind of, like, draws every single moment that he was with John Paul Getty III and how you have, you the know, girlfriends? like, all these other people kind of, like, giving more information to the person, the restaurant owner. You have all these minor players. I, I, we didn't talk about each one, but mm-hmm. I do definitely think that some of the characters will come back again. And I think there's way more to that. There's going to be one person in the people that we've met that has a really important piece of information or is connected to someone else that we're going to meet right. in next week's episode. Like, I don't think that anything in this show has been unintentionally placed. I think everything has a purpose. A hundred percent. And I think we, we saw last episode uh, the twins, and we saw them more in this episode. Mm-hmm. One of them, uh, Paul, is actually dating and she, they, it's interesting because they kind of alluded to them knowing more, but maybe they don't know a lot. Maybe they think it's real, maybe they don't. So I'm really excited to see that storyline uh, go, go through and see. Yeah, and they are in a lot of trouble too, right? Because mm-hmm. we had this scene where they, one of them's about to get raped. Thankfully, the other sister grabs the gun and is shooting away. Right. Which was a great way to open the episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, There's so much going on there. So, yeah, I'm really excited to see what kind of unveils with them. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, let's head into news and gossip. Yeah, let's do it. After Buzz TV News. All right, Mina, what do you got for us? I have a lot for you guys. Uh, This is from an advertising perspective right now, but pretty interesting. Uh, This show, Trust, has actually racked up 333.8 million ad impressions. So that actually makes it number one in terms of how many people viewed all the promos for it. Uh, And that's just because FX heavily pushed the show. They wanted people to tune in. The only show that came a close second to this was Roseanne on ABC, which got 299.5 million. So it's not even that close. Um, FX is really killing it and really pushing this show. And I, I'm curious to know why. Like, it's it's interesting that they care so much about this one show and pushed it so heavily. Right. But well, it's a great show. I think, honestly, they saw the success of the movie. So mm-hmm. they're trying to, you know, uh, play off of that and keep this storyline going right so mm-hmm. i think that's that's mainly why i i mean around la i've been seeing a lot of ads as well uh they if you haven't also checked out versace fx uh is last show was really really good uh, and they push that as well a lot and also go check out the after show on after buzz uh and when we're done watching us also like comment subscribe on itunes on youtube and yeah, go check. Afterbus has so much more content out there. And so when you're done with us, rewatch us again and again, and then go check out <laughs> other people's panels as well. Um, but yeah, do you have anything else you want to add? Yeah, um, I, we briefly like mentioned this last week, but the other thing is that uh, John Paul Getty III, so the son who was kidnapped, mm-hmm. his sister Ariadne actually threatened to sue Danny Boyle. And the reason she threatened to sue him over creating this and, and directing this is because. Um, she, I haven't seen this in the show yet, but she says that, um, 
they're portraying the family as complicit in the 1973 kidnapping right. and making it seem like she knew what was going on and there was some collusion there. So I actually got a hold of um, the actual legal paper um, and the lawsuit that, or the letter that uh, her lawyer wrote. Um, and it starts off saying, uh, we are U.S. litigation counsel to Ariadne Getty. It is obvious that if someone wants to watch a defamatory, wildly sensationalized false portrayal of the Getty family, trust fits the bill. And then it says all this other stuff about who Ariadne is and some background about the kidnapping. Uh, and it actually uh, leaves off saying that, you know, despite this, the series trust outlandishly makes it appear as if members of the Getty family were actually complicit in the kidnapping and that the crime had been faked in an attempt to dupe J. Paul Getty out of millions of dollars for their benefit. This is outrageous. It is ironic that you have titled your television series Trust. More fitting titles would be Lies or Mistrust since the defamatory story it tells about the Gettys colluding in the kidnapping is false and misleading and viewers rightly ought to mistrust it. Ooh. Very intense. So, yeah. she's, so she's a fan. Yeah. She's, <laughs> yeah, she's going she's gonna to be watching. Also, the other reason why you know there was so much upset was because they never bothered to run any of the episodes by her. Mm -hmm. So another thing that the lawyer is demanding is that they make all the other episodes available for her to see beforehand. But I, we, we talked about this a little bit off, uh, off camera, mm -hmm. but I think the loophole out of everyone, uh, out, out of um, FX, out of this whole situation is that if you watch the end credits, it says something like a lot of the elements of this show have been fabricated and are for, based on real on yeah, real events. They're based on real events, yeah. but there's a lot of uh, dramatization involved uh, for like you know additional intensity. So I feel like that's their way out of it by yeah. saying it's not actually a realistic portrayal. Yeah, it has elements that aren't factually correct. Well, listen, it it is FX. It, it's not the first FX type show to be based on uh, real stories out there and right. notorious stories. We have we had OJ uh, Simpson. We had first the murder murder of Versace. So FX puts a lot a lot of money in this, and as we discussed earlier, a lot of money in distribution and advertisement. So they're doing their research. They have a lot of lawyers. They know that this is gonna these stories are gonna upset others right so they're not they're i'm pretty sure they're covered you know they're not just like saying oh this would be a fun thing and they, they have no backing they're really highly protected right and again this is the third time that they're now that they're doing this so they have a good handle on the situation mm -hmm. um but i want to talk a little bit more about what is fact and what is fiction because okay it is you know it is an entertainment show, but as you're saying, it is ba based on real facts. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we always try to do a little research, try to figure out wh what's real, what's fiction. And so much of this is he said, she said. It really is. It's like, crazy. I couldn't figure out, like, what's real and what isn't. Because you obviously see clear discrepancies between the film All the Money in the World and then this, <laughs> this TV show. But you also see, like, huge gaps in what everyone else says. Like, you have people saying, like, Ariadne saying this isn't correct and other people saying, no, no, this is what happened. Like, who do you believe when I mean, there are also, people who are actually invested in the outcome of how this portrays the Gettys? It's also just, um, yeah, you, 
people we are they are creating entertainment so we had a movie now we have this TV show it's there's some creative liberty there mm-hmm. uh, Chase Fletcher that we saw in Trust is completely different from the Mark Wahlberg interpretation mm-hmm. that we saw in the movie right. so everyone's kind of putting their own spin into things right. and um, a few things like specific to this episode that I thought was interesting in uh, the episode the mom Gail right, right off the bat she believes she believes that this is a kidnapping right in real life uh, she over the phone she reportedly thought it was a sick some sick joke mm-hmm. she didn't believe it for the first few seconds they didn't play out this storyline because I don't think they really needed to because they had enough people who didn't believe it mm-hmm. and it kind of took away from her her main thoughts, right? Because yeah. automatic after a certain time, she realizes, oh no, this is actually happening. So there's no point yeah. for them to go through that storyline. But I thought that was interesting because because then you don't really see the closeness and her love as much right. if they were to play that up. Right, exactly. Um, Getty refused to pay the ransom, and he did that press uh, release we, mm-hmm. we saw in England that actually really did did happen, and that was his whole thought process: is that he has so many grandchildren, and if he goes out and pays a ransom for one of them, then so many people are going to show up and be like, hey, I need a ransom from this person, and everybody's going to kidnap, and he is going to be out of money. So that makes me think, like, the fact that in real life he actually did that press conference Mm -hmm. makes me believe that Getty really did think that there was a kidnapping, really didn't think that the grandson staged this, because why else would he do that if he thought this whole thing was staged? I don't know, because I think it's a way to tell, like, we don't negotiate with terrorists, basically. Yeah. He's telling the whole world, like, we're, this is not, you're not getting a penny from me. It is really smart to do it that way. At first you think, wow, like, this person is really stingy, but from, you know, like, a strategic standpoint, it makes him vulnerable to everyone else who would do it. Exactly. So it and also we see thinking. that, we, we also see that, um, He's giving, as we t- talked about at the top of the episode, he's giving uh, Chase Fletcher a lot, a lot of cash yes. to go through this investigation. And so they it's never kind of showed that in the movie. That's it's like, kind of a front, yeah. yeah. Um, that, it almost makes me like empathize a little bit more with the grandfather and think he's not a completely horrible person, right. that he does have some love. But part of me is like, does he really have that much love for his grandson, or is it that he needs someone to take over Getty Oil? Exactly. <laughs> like, what, is, what is the what's motive? What's his MO? We don't really yeah. know. Um, another thing that... We saw in the last episode the um, that in the house he had a uh, a payphone. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is that's true. Mister Getty had yeah. an actual payphone, so he was cheap. Like it's hard to tell if he really was going to pay if, he was, if this whole thing was a front that he didn't want to give a cent or not. But it he was kind of cheap that he want his guest to not use the phone for free. That shows a lot about the character. It's right? so crazy. Like you live in a giant mansion. Come on, <laughs> maybe but, that's how he sustains his wealth. It's yeah. So, I mean, that's how people that. stay rich, right? Just yeah. they don't Just spend their don't, own yeah. money. Don't spend it. <laughs> um, and then, lastly, something I wanted to point out is that uh, as we were introduced to a little bit more with the two twins, mm-hmm. Getty, af- the real Getty, after he fi- finally gets saved, he marries uh, the, the the girlfriend, and he. Um, a spoiler alert! I actually did not know that. Yeah. Yeah. He did. And uh, funny enough is that he, all the Gettys are under, in order to get a certain amount of money, they have a contract and they're not allowed to get married at a young age. And so he broke that contract. Mm-hmm. So he wasn't able to get his in- inheritance because he got married too young to this um, to this lovely girl. Uh, and I think it was the way of the grandfather preventing a woman from coming in and taking 100%. part of the... Getty has everything planned out. He doesn't want this... 
he he wants to keep all his wealth, all his family really, really close to him. Mm-hmm. He doesn't want this to go down. Uh, in the episode, we also saw... Uh, we saw that he was referred to as the golden hippie. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, the golden hippie was actually what people in the newspapers, people called him the golden hippie because he was this hippie with so much money. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that, that was cute that they were bringing back that reference. Oh, I thought uh, it was like his hair and like him being like the golden <laughs> child. No, yeah, I mean, a little bit of that, but mainly it's just that he is a hippie who has a lot of gold, yeah. <laughs> quite literally. Um, so I thought that was really, really cool. Uh, but I think that pretty much sums it up for this episode. Thank you guys so much for checking it out, sticking with us. Thank you for the live chat. Uh, if you're listening on demand, thank you. Leave us a comment on iTunes. Uh, go on our YouTube. Leave a comment there. Give us some thumbs up, some stars, the whole the whole thing. Right? Yeah, let, us, let us know what you think about the show in general. Like, what are your right. favorite parts? Uh, what do you like about which character is being portrayed? Who's your favorite character? Like, just let us know your overall exactly. thoughts. We love engaging with you guys. And you know what? Actually, before I wrap out, because I want you guys to comment as well, we have to do predictions, Mina. Let's do predictions. Yes. Okay, okay. And now, your After Buzz TV predictions. Ooh, predictions. <laughs> so... What do you see in the foreseeable future? <laughs> what are we seeing in episode three, Mina? We did get a, a quick glimpse of, uh, you know, like in next week's episode, it's going to be like more heavily focused on the actual kidnapping and Paul's relationship with the kidnappers. So I'm curious to see how they treat him, mm-hmm. um, if any of them are going to be nice to him, kind of like how it, in, in the movie All the Money in the World, it showed that he had like one friend that was more empathetic to him. I just want to see the dynamic between him and the kidnappers and knowing Danny Boyle, uh, since this is going to be the last episode of the series uh, that he's directed, I do want to see. I, I, I'm expecting to see a lot of flashbacks because he did that in Train Spotting. He did that in Slumdog Millionaire. So we can expect to see a lot of flashbacks of what was going on in Paul's mind before the actual kidnapping. Maybe something from his childhood, right. some like memories that have been brought up to the forefront. I feel like we're going to see a lot of that. Right. I think it's going to be interesting to see how they play this whole narrative out because we're really in the midst of things where the kidnapping has happened. There was a lot of events uh, that led up to him being freed, but yet a lot of the story's already been kind of told. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I think it'll be interesting seeing them, how they're going to do that, the back and forth, the flashbacks. Right. So, yeah, I'm really excited to see that as well. I'm also excited to learn more about these characters. Mm-hmm. I want to see more of Chase. I think he just overall entertains oh. me. But then my favorite thing about Chase is that he always has the best quotes. Like, I wrote down a bunch of them, but one of my favorites was... Well, this, this one actually wasn't even from Chase. This was from... Uh, uh, John Paul Getty II, so the son of the grandfather and then the father to the kidnapped son, he says, when you have everything you can dream of, what do you value? Mm-hmm. Which resonated so much with me. I feel like that's a quote that applies to like probably the entirety of this series. Like, what is being valued? Like, who values what? I think it shows a lot about you. So I'm curious to see, like, in... Uh, next week's episode like what are the things that people really value like what are their triggers what will they hold on to most and what will they give up for their main goal like that that can tell a lot about a person like what are they willing to sacrifice and why are they willing to sacrifice it like what is their long-term objective right um my other prediction is i I'm hoping we're going to see more about these uh, the twin sisters. Mm-hmm. Uh, get to know their relationship with Getty prior to the uh, 
to the kidnapping and then right. their whole involvement because they know some key information. They have to, right? Mm-hmm. There, we see them in the beginning uh, in the situation that's very delicate where things are going down. There's guns. There's attending attended assault. Um, so I'm really excited to get more into those characters. And it felt like they were withholding a little bit with Chase, right? Did exactly. You feel that? Uh, and we also might have a little surprise for you, you guys next week. Uh, that's all I'll say about that. But you better come in back and check it out because it's going to be very exciting. It's going to be yes. very, very exciting. Uh, can you tell the people where they can find you in the meantime? Yeah. Hey, guys. Uh, again, my name is Mina Wahab. And you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, at Mina Makes Magic. Ooh. Okay, great. You can find me on Instagram at Bonjour Juliet. Make sure to go also follow AfterBuzz on Instagram at AfterBuzzTV. And we'll see you guys next week. Thank you. Thanks. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principal.